Hi, this is Dr. MJ coming to you from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. This is the Women in Dentistry podcast where we feature women in dentistry making waves and leading the industry through the next decade. I am your host, Dr. Mary Jane Hanlon, a former dental assistant, dental hygienist, and now dentist. I am pleased to introduce you today to Ms. Karen Parker. Karen is a speaker, consultant, and hygienist extraordinaire. She brings advanced periodontal skills, patient education, and management techniques to the offices she works at, as well as the clients she coaches. Her style is obvious as is her desire to learn and share her knowledge. She clearly enjoys helping others build their skills in their personal journey to becoming the best clinicians they can be. Karen is a graduate of the Forsyth School for Dental Hygiene and Northeastern University, as well as the Ferris State University. She has earned a Mastership Certification in Advanced Periodontal Therapy. It is indeed my pleasure now to bring you to my interview with Ms. Karen Parker. So Karen, it's so good to see you. We've been friends for such a long time, and it's an honor to have you on the podcast today. And I just always start with by introducing people and their stories in dentistry and how they got into the field and what they're doing today and how it might be just a little bit different from traditional practice, whether you're a dentist, a hygienist, or an assistant. So I'd love to have you start with a little bit about your story. I know a lot about your story, and I, I want to share that with the world. So. Well, you know about the story because you were part of the story from the very beginning. I know. You know, it started quite a long time ago. I grew up in a dental family. I'm the daughter of a periodontist, and I was an assistant as pretty much a teenager. I was dental assisting for my dad. I was assisting surgeries. I was taking a full set of x-rays. By the time I was 16, I was assisting in ortho and in pedo for some friends of his. So it's just been part of my, part of my life. My dad would, was a visiting lecturer at Harvard with Dr. Sidney Glassman and Dr. Adolf Bouchel. So every Thursday morning, these guys would come over and my mom would have breakfast ready for them. Um, we lived in West Hartford, Connecticut. And they would get in the car and drive off to Boston for the day. They said they drove there with the sun in their eyes. And then they would drive home with the sun in their eyes. And um, it was great to hear all their stories at the end of the day. There was always a treat because they would stop by at Hebert's Candy and bring us home some chocolate bark, you know, on the way home from 84. But so it, I was really pretty much born into the mindset of healthcare. And it just kept, it kept evolving over the years. What I found so unique about dentistry is that it is truly, truly evolving. And especially today with everything we're going through with COVID, that it's just remarkable because when I'm a consultant, I'm always telling people to, you know, embrace the change. And change is very difficult for a lot of people. Most people. For most people. Correct. For most people. I truly love it. I don't know if it's because I easily get bored or I just need to constantly be mentally stimulated. But 
I love learning. So I do embrace the change. So I think my biggest challenge is when I'm with people that just don't want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. And here I am in Washington. I've returned to clinical hygiene. I was out of it for 15 years, but always remaining current. And it's amazing how some people are very resistant to the change to the point of they're ready to give up a career they worked at for so long. You know, I'm not ready to give up. I'm, I'm excited to move forward, but it is different times right now. That's for sure. You've had a fair amount of experience with doing consulting and a couple of other things that are very different for dental hygiene. So let's expand on what you did during your consulting part of your career. So as a consultant, my first position in a consulting company, it was very comprehensive as far as I was responsible for doing the practice assessment or analysis and then drawing a treatment plan based on that. That's really what consulting is. It's, it's look, doing a comprehensive exam like we do for our patients. You do that for the practice and based on your findings, you come up with a treatment plan. And the consulting, so there's a difference really between consulting, so that and coaching. So that, my first job was true consulting. You tell them exactly what to do. I'm happy to say since then, I've become more of a practice coach that's really doing it alongside them. And what I am so happy to say is that I never ask anyone to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. And that's why some coaches aren't right for certain practices or, you know, certain gigs. What I've found in coaching is you're able to really get in the trenches with the doctor, with the team, and identify where they're, they're struggling. What's giving, you know, what's keeping them up at night, where they're having difficulty, talk it out, come up with a plan, work it out together. And then you kind of reap the rewards of, oh my gosh, that really worked. I, one thing that comes to mind is I had a large practice I was working with and a very successful practice. And I had these hygienists all arguing with me about periodontal screening and recording. They're like, that's not period charting. That it's not comprehensive. We can't do that. And I'm like, well, what I'd like you to do is let's discuss the proper way of doing it because there are so many interpretations of it, but there is a way to properly do what we, a PSR. And I said, let's use it as a tool to identify if patients are at risk of having periodontal disease. It's a tool that will engage your patients, but it's also a tool that your dentist, who never periodontal probes, will be able to use and also confirm what you're doing or recognize something in their chair, able to send the patient into your room because you're the periodontal expert. And, you know, you get this. <laughs> You know, you learn a lot about <laughs> body language or this or a lot of eye rolling. Um, and I said, you know what, just try it for three months. And if it doesn't work for you, you know, no fall play, you know, it's all fine. You, you do what you want, but I'm, I'm here to help you. And I said, what I can tell you is if you do this, 
you will identify more patients with issues. It will be easier for you to explain it to them because they will be part of the discovery process and your production will go through the roof. Now, I'm not all about production um, by any means, but I do know that if you do the right thing for your patient, the money just happens. The production just increases. And I would say my average, when I'm coaching a practice, the doctor's production goes up about $100 an hour. The hygiene production increases by 20, 30% easily and usually more. So, you know, I can tell you just, you know, from practicing what I preach, because I believe I practice the highest level of periodontal hygiene and just with some of the tools I use, my production has increased versus if I, versus if I did not use these tools. It's amazing just paying attention to small details like that and how, you know, I want to go back to the change issue because people are so resistant. And I bet if you, you went back and reflected back on that practice and those hygienists, they saw if they did do it for three months, that they saw the benefits of it. Oh, they're still texting me, FaceTime paging me, you know, the doctor texts, you know, Karen, we miss you because they've become part of my family. And I mean, these are hygienists this was in Pennsylvania and actually the hygienists were not licensed to do locally anesthesia there either. And they're like, no, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. And I said, just, it's going to free you up. It's going to be amazing for you. There's nothing to be scared. No one's going to die. And I'm so proud of them because they've all done it. Excellent. You know, so now they don't have to call a doctor for an injection. They, they feel more in control because they're able to keep their patients comfortable all the time. It's very freeing. It's very freeing when you take control of your own destiny. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And I do think that it's critically important as healthcare providers that, you know, we support one another and support the practice. And by doing that, we're supporting our, well, we're supporting our patients, first of all, because we're providing the highest level care. We're supporting the, each other and we're supporting the practice because we're improving our value to that practice, which you know, in and of itself is a huge thing because if you can show on a regular basis that you're adding value to that practice, why wouldn't a, a doc encourage you to keep going? Well, you know what I always say is that when you, when you truly contribute to the health of your patients, mm -hmm. you are inadvertently contributing to the health and wealth of the practice. Absolutely. And any hygienist that goes into a practice and thinks that they are not an integral part of contributing to the practice does not belong in a practice. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very passionate about this, Mary Jane. I mean, you know, I get, I get so, you know, excited. We have so much available to us now. At the same time that we have everything available to us, it behooves us to take advantage of the appropriate certifications 
and to do it properly. So tell us what you mean by that and make some recommendations. So, you know, when I moved out here to the Seattle area, I mean, we went to hygiene school together. I mean, it, it was a long time ago. And we went through boards together. And since then, you've gone through your dental boards. But I went back to school. I started teaching. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm done with boards. Well, then when we moved here to Seattle, lo and behold, I had to take boards again, including the REB local anesthesia and sedation board, which is probably the hardest board, most nerve-wracking board I've ever taken in my life. And so I was in a class with some of these people, and once they started working here in Washington, they would tell me, you know, oh yeah, the doctor I'm working with, he has a laser and he wants me to use the laser. And he says, you know what? Just go in there and just burn that stuff out of there. Burn that bacteria out. Just, just boil that dust back. And, and <laughs> my blood began to boil. And I'm like, no, you can't. You should do that. If you're going to do something, just because you have something if, to use, you shouldn't use it until you truly know how, how to, use, to it, use it. Okay, How to use it and when to use it. And there are many companies that have training with their equipment that say, okay, if you buy this from us, we will give you the training. And I'm really not a big proponent of that. There's something in it for them. And I'm very science-based. And I believe, you know, it's why I go to so many different meetings and so many different courses. I really believe you have to go get your education and your information from real credible sources. If you are going to use a laser, and you don't go through standard proficiency first from the Academy of Laser Dentistry, I just do not believe you should be using a laser because that means you don't understand the physics behind using a laser and how it works. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Imagine a hygienist or a dentist who just picks it up and doesn't use the right goggles, doesn't understand what it's doing. You know, I mean, it's just, it could be really bad. Right. And there are many companies that say, oh, you don't, you don't need to wear eye protection. It's not going to, nothing's going to happen to you. Well, in 10 years when you're not practicing because you can't see in front of your nose from the damage that you've done to your eyes, I mean, really shame on you. Right. It's just to me, it's just, it's, it's silly and it's sad and it's inexcusable. So I'm a huge believer in the Academy of Laser Dentistry. I've learned so much from them. I've, and because it's all based on the science, people have gone in and presented, and then they'll come back another year, and they'll say, you know, what I said last year is truly what I believed in, but now what, I believe, what I'm learning is different. So when you're with true academia, it's okay to have that when you're learning from a company that's providing a piece of equipment that doesn't happen so much. No, you're absolutely right. And you, we do have to really focus on, you know, especially as you were, you were explaining earlier, this we're in unprecedented times right now. 
and with everything that's happening with COVID, I mean, I see the anxiety increasing, but if people just educated themselves, that's what makes the difference. You don't have anxiety when you're educated. And just like doing the laser, you once you understand what the mechanics are behind it, then you can do it safely and effectively and not be anxious about it. Exactly. So have you been teaching uh, lasers to hygienists? So I have the standard proficiency certification. And what I've been doing is sponsoring and hosting laser certification classes here. And my colleague, Angie Wallace, comes in and she and I present together. She is able to certify. Um, I help with the treatment planning part. I'm able to do some hands-on and help her, you know, assist her. That way we can get through more hygienists. But I'm not, I'm not able to certify people on my own. In order to do that, you have to have the educator status and certification from ALD. So after what I have comes advanced proficiency, which is also very difficult. You have to document five cases ready to be published and another huge written exam. And then you go for a next, a next level. Now I have hygienists that I work with that I just help them get through um, their standard proficiency. And they've all said it was the hardest exam they ever took. Okay. And they've all (laughs) taken REB and they're like, wow. But now they feel very comfortable using the laser. So, you know, the other thing is you look at return on investment at my current age and stage and where I am in life. Do I really want to go through another five, seven years to be able to do that? very happy working with Angie and with the Academy and um, referring to them because what I'm so passionate about is really just helping hygienists get to that level of being current. Absolutely. And staying current, you know, you can get current, like I thought I was current, but now, now, you know, it's going to another level. So I've been watching all these webinars you know, I've been unemployed or, you know, on furlough since March 17th. And we're just constantly learning more, more things. So what I would be coaching eight weeks ago is different than what I would coach now. I mean, especially when it comes to communication. I mean, I was always telling doctors, take your mask off when you talk to a patient, you know, go, you shake their hand, you know, eye to eye, knee to knee. Well, you can't be knee to knee when you're six feet apart. You can't shake anyone's hand. You have to keep your mask on. And so I think the next thing that's going to be so important is true eye contact, mm-hmm. you know, because I think it was Patch Adams that said they no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So we have to be able to get that message across differently now with different body language. It's just it's going to be different. I do believe that our education, you know, and I think both of us are are an example of that never ends. You know, we just constantly are learning and constantly are expanding our 
mind and our horizons because we're just so inquisitive as I think as a profession and you know since we are so science-based I think that we can never stop learning because there's so much research occurring on a day-to-day -day basis that always new horizons are being captured and new information is is being uncovered that it just makes the world of difference to everyone exactly and I think Aside from, from remaining current, I think the other major component is being willing to go outside the box. Mm -hmm. We do not have tourniquets around our necks. So what we take care of isn't just from here up. It better be all of this. We owe that to our patients because we have an opportunity to really listen to what they have to say and we have to be putting on our thinking cap and it might not be something that's happening only in the oral cavity. An example is I had a patient who she was in for perio maintenance but she had previously had perioscopy because we used the scope and so I knew her pockets were clean I knew that you know her home care was good, but something still was not right. And so I just sat her up and I said, you know, just tell me about your day. And you could tell she was she was somewhat stressed out. She has young children. And she told me, you know, they're just horrible eaters and no one they won't eat meat, they won't eat this, they won't eat that. And she told me how what she's cooking for them. And I, oh, and the first thing she told me was that she was concerned when I went over her medical history because her white count was elevated. But her physician told her he wasn't going to do anything about it until it was maybe 4.5 or until it was elevated enough where he would be concerned about leukemia. <laughs> and she said, and she goes, Karen, I have small children. I don't want to have leukemia. And I'm like, absolutely not. Of course you don't want to have leukemia. And that's when I started questioning her, telling me you're vegan. And she goes, well, I guess I am, but it's not like I'm, I state I'm a vegan and it's just the way we eat. And I just went online very quickly. And this issue with white count is falls in hand with or coincides with um, not enough B12. Oh my gosh. And I said to her, you talk to a physician or go to a naturopath because it might be very simple. And her gums were still very inflamed. She came back, I saw her because we alternate recalls. She came back and I saw her, and I was so happy that I saw her before, you know, we were furloughed. And she go, I said, so what happened? She goes, oh my God, Karen, I'm, I'm taking B12. We're eating fish a couple times a week, and my white count is back to normal. But I've noticed that my gums, <laughs> my gums are healthy. My gums aren't bleeding. You know, I don't have all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah. You know, it's amazing. And I think that's something else that I admire about you is, is your ability to understand the naturopathic piece of this and looking at the whole, and that's, 
as physicians of the mouth, you know, it's our responsibility to look at everything. I mean, you know, I think because we see our patients so often that we are the first line of defense and we can see things before physicians ever see things. I mean, they're in our offices far more often than they are in a physician's office, unless you, you have an underlying medical condition. But, you know, you have taken it to the next level. I'm absolutely amazed every time we talk what you're telling me about, you know, you got to try this for this and this for this. And I, it's just been amazing. What led you down that path and of, you know, discovering natural med medicine? And, you know, what kind of advice can you provide the listeners if they want to go down that path? Okay. So I count my blessings every day that I was hired by Dr. John Rothschild in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Working with John, and I worked in numerous capacities. I was a hygienist. I was an office manager. I was a coach in that practice. And then when he retired and moved to Durango, Colorado, I went and got my Colorado license so I could cover his hygiene department there for a while. Working with John, people would say to me, what do you do? What do you do? I said, well, to be perfectly honest, I am paid to go to grad school because that's how I felt. And I tell him that every time I talk to him, he is truly my mentor. He opened up my world. We had to, since he was a biocompatible dentist, I learned about uh, the hazards of mercury. I learned about the proper way to remove mercury. I learned about how to supplement properly to help your body combat or handle certain things. So here's the other thing that's very, very important if you ever, anyone that decides to go down that road. And there are many ways to do it. And there are many people that get in trouble doing it. So it wasn't only Dr. Rothschild, but also Dr. Craig Zunka in Front Royal, Virginia, who is also just amazing and a plethora of knowledge and willing to share it. Mm -hmm. If you were to get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. Heal better. An example is my, my children. They, when they had their wisdom teeth extracted, we got some of the tissue. They made, you know, remedy with Tremille using some of the tissue. Homeopathics deal with likes. And my kids healed in two days. No, no issues. And from the time they were very young, if someone fell off a swing or saying, you know, they'd call me up, mom, where's the Arnica? You know, Joey fell off a swing and I, <laughs> I want to give him Arnica. So you have to be able to use, you know, it's where East meets West. Now I'm dealing in perio and I have a very, very diverse patient base because mm -hmm. I'm in a very high IT community. So a lot of people are coming to us that have never had dental care. They're coming from other countries. And mm -hmm. 
when I was working with Dr. Rothschild, I had a phase contrast microscope. So I could see what I was dealing with. And I had patients that would go abroad frequently and they'd come back and the tissue would look one way. And you, if you look on the slide long enough, you'll find an amoeba or you'll find trichinoma and you, you have to use an antibiotic. You, the other things just don't work as well. But if you're gonna give someone an antibiotic, you better be giving them a really good probiotic and a really good prebiotic. So now I'm in a situation in the practice where... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think people... I don't think people understand the importance of gut health. I do think that, I mean, we could talk about this all day, I think, but you know, it is important and making sure that prebiotics and probiotics well, and after antibiotics are given is critically important for the health of the patient for sure. are actually dissolved in the mouth and it's creating a way more symbiotic situation. So anyone that goes through periodontal therapy with me, they're getting an oral probiotic. Like we said, so many things have changed. You know, we, mm -hmm. we can identify the bacteria. We can identify the bacteria load. So in integrative medicine, you have to be able to balance and one has to help, has to help the other, okay? And so anyone that wants to get involved with that, go to the AOSH meeting the um, Association of Oral Systemic Health. It's probably the best meeting I ever went to. There's always been so this, you know, not the struggle between you, the medical profession and the dental profession. This is where they truly come together and respect each other and look for each other's guidance. And it's, it's incredible. It's in Minneapolis in August, if it's, still, if it's still on. I haven't heard it's off yet. I'm hoping it's still on, but that's an, a wonderful, wonderful meeting. Right. Now, have you always been, you know, I've, I've known you for, more time, I think, than not. And of course, we uh, lost touch there for a few years, but it was like picking up right where we left off when we finally, you know, reconnected again. Do you think that you were always really confident as a young woman? Or do you think that you've gained your confidence as time has gone on? You know, as you know, you know, I, I do a fair amount of work with young students. And that is the one area where I I struggle, especially female students, obviously, but I struggle seeing them be so bright, but yet they lack the confidence in their ability to be clinicians. And, you know, their skills are there and their, their brilliance is there, but they lack confidence. And I know that that comes from, you know, younger, when we're younger, but I just wanted to, you know, I don't re know, you know, whether or not you have well, been, you've no, always been confident I, with ever I since I've known you, you but has that been with you your be, entire be life? now or, you know, I feel more, I feel very confident in my clinical skills, but that's because I keep going for more training and more, more training. 
but I think my confidence as an individual came from something so, so sad. And that was when I, um, a nephew of mine passed away very young. And when I saw what he was going through, I actually took off work for months to be with, um, with my best friend, you know, that we decided to bring these, our kids up together, thinking they were, you know, brothers and sisters. When I saw this young lad going through what he went through, I kind of realized, well, if he can do that, I can do anything. I, I don't have to be afraid of anything. And I think once you get rid of that fear, you know, you're okay. You look and see, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen. It, I'll tell you, you know, I worked with a doctor so and the bird came off the chuck and guess what? The burr went down the throat. What's the worst thing that happened? You know, they couldn't suck it up fast enough. What's the worst thing that happened? They went for an x-ray. That's the worst thing that happened. <laughs> you know, they went through an x-ray and if it was there, they would have found it. Or of course, no one wants that to happen. No one wants to disappoint a patient. No one wants to disappoint their instructors or themselves, but you're going to be okay. You just pick yourself up and you're going to be okay. And when I see these young children fighting for their lives, we have nothing to be afraid of. It's so true. Now, that is a great piece the of advice. What is the advice? best piece of advice that well, you have ever two. received? From my grandfather, from my mom's dad. The first thing he taught me was, really think before you speak, because once the mm -hmm. word is out of your mouth, it belongs to anyone. They can do anything they want with it. And the reality is that anyone's perception is their reality, even if it's not what you meant. So choose your words wisely, because when you're a practicing dentist or hygienist, you know patients are going <laughs> to twist your words. Oh, the, she didn't say that, you know. <laughs> But we know what we say, we know it changes. And the other thing he taught me was the only thing that is truly yours that no one can ever, ever take away from you is your education. And that's what I've taught my, you know, taught my girls and so just true. keep going. Have that, have that desire to grow because what will kill you is if you're, stagnant and rigid. So true. What helped you most to get where you are today? Do you, I think it's do you, just do you have one thing blocks. that you can think of that helped you the most or was it just a culmination? I've been afraid. I and not but being I still afraid. Do. You have never I, been afraid know, to take you know the it next goes back step. to what's the worst thing that's gonna happen. Still do it. Um mm -hmm. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if I, you know, when I took those boards again? I mean, I was in boards with my students. Now, granted, the clinical, you know, the clinical board, I was done in an hour and they're, you know, there for four hours. But it's still that, you know, you still get that pit in your stomach. And you've never taken the, uh, the Reb anesthesia board. So you have two examiners over you 
And you're holding, you know, you have to uncap, recap, show them everything. You put the, um, you have the site, you're not allowed to go in and inject. And I was injecting before I took this board. And they say, so you say initial area of injection. One says, I see. One says, proceed. Maximum depth and angulation. You can't do anything. I see, proceed. Oh my gosh. Dispensing. I see, proceed. I mean, I just wanted someone to inject me. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I was shaking. I was literally shaking. I agree, with you. I looked I agree at the with you. examiners and I said, I'm an instructor. I'm a clinical instructor and you are making me shake. And they said, everyone does. So I'm hoping over um, in the next few years yeah. or sooner, you know, as soon as possible, the hygiene licensing becomes or dental licensing truly becomes national. Because when I had to take these boards again, I called up the Department of Health and I said, I'm so excited to come to Washington. And they're like, really? We're, we're happy to have you. I said, no, I, I can't wait to see the different anatomy from what I learned in school that's you know, requiring me to, I'm like, what, what's out there? You know, I'm expecting that Sasquatch or, you know. <laughs> like, what am I gonna see? Yeah, exactly. Oh my. oh my gosh. Well, you know, you know, we both share a passion for that licensing exam and, you know, we're getting one, we got one step closer. That's the silver lining in COVID-19 and we are at least able to take a mannequin exam now to finish up uh, the licensing for the, the D20 class. But I guess my it has been a long did, road too, for sure. Because Who's I made the biggest so impact on your life? In I learned a lot yeah, about a, life. Yeah. Um, I think my children, my wonderful husband. I don't think there's just any one person. I think it's cumulative, he is wonderful. which is what makes it so great. And, you know, it's funny because um, my dear friend, my, uh, my nephew's yeah. son, taught me that um, he has this saying. And my girls have all adopted it. Neil and I have adopted it. But the journey is the reward. And if you look at it that way, you get to enjoy everything that's going on. You know, you take this COVID-19, how many people are really realizing what it's like to be with their children all day? And what are they getting out of it? And Right. It's really, mm -hmm. it's really changed a lot. It's Spending simplified time as a, a lot. family. It's made a lot of things more, more difficult. Like everything just mm -hmm. takes so much more time. But, you know, I, I think it, you have to be able to find something, yeah. something good about everything. Now, do you think that there's any obstacle that you've overcome that you're really proud of? Or is I think it, just, you know, just one you know, step in front of the other, whatever it is, you just, just you figure out how to get around it. It's appearing real. It's nothing else. It's 
I mean, I wouldn't jump out of a plane, but uh, but, I'll, but I'll go hiking through Hana with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so true. Tell us one thing that people would be surprised to know about you. Area was so full of natural health or and Bastyr University. I was like, wow, how cool would it be to live there? And that must have been 25 years ago. I never in a million years thought we'd end up here. So deep down in my heart, I always wanted to go to Bastyr um, and get a degree in naturopathic medicine. So um, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> I can learn as much as I can. But you can still but, learn as much as you, know, you can they're, without they're, going So getting... I have a lot of little people in my life now that I want to be able to spend time with. And, you know, studying. I was in school mm -hmm. most of the time when my children were growing up. And I really want to be there for their kids. I want to be able to get on a plane when it's allowed again. And uh, just cause go hug on my little one. Just go. Um, well, Absolutely. you know, I, days are very stressful. Work is, you know, work is very hard because, like I said, I have this very diverse community, and you wouldn't, you couldn't believe some of the patients I see. I mean, I'm in twelve plus millimeter pockets on a daily basis. With you could build a city with what I'm working on. So it's very physical. It's very stressful. Um, well, you've seen the view I come home to, you know, I, I see the sound in the mountains and I decompress. I walk a lot. I exercise a lot. I love hot yoga. I cook, love great wine and, um, pretty much simple things, you know, mm -hmm. that, that make me happy and make me decompress TM. You know, when you really can't get through it, go back to your own mantra, get inside your own head so that your body can relax. And I think it's really important for people to realize how the necessity to take care of oneself. Absolutely. Even more so today than any other time in our lives, I think. Yeah, I think it's more more important to understand what our bodies right. need and what our minds need. And they need time to sit. Yes, absolutely. De-stress and decompress without a doubt. Well, my well, dream do you have was a guilty pre pleasure or my a dream secret was dream that you'd like to share with the audience? More than what I'm doing. But um Yes, I'm. I'm okay. But you've I'm fortunate quite a lot. that I'm working in a practice that of, um, sure. is allowing me to grow and do what I love to do. So, mm -hmm. 
Well, I've been yeah, sailing accomplish a, a major new a long thing. time, but you're, you're right, sailing. We have our certification, so now we can a long time. And I can charter a fifty foot sailboat and and go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that'll be fun once Which is so everything opens up again. So exciting. <laughs> right. Right. But. You know, we love being out on the water and um this too shall pass, right? It's pretty stunning. It's pretty pretty spectacular. And your view is quite yeah. the view. I, like for I sure. said, I never thought I'd be here. Well, it was so great to get to visit with you, MJ. I love this. It's awesome. It was awesome. And thank you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with, with the audience. And thank you so much for, you know, inspiring us, you know, that you did do more and you may not have accomplished Bastille, but you have accomplished quite a bit in your career. And I'm proud to call you my friend. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in Dentistry podcast with Dr. MJ Hanlon. If you like our show and want to know more about us, check out our website, thewomenindentistry.com, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us for our next episode as we bring you another amazing woman leading the way for the next generation.